0: This is a Reconstruction Radio production. Please visit GaryNorth.com slash free books to download this book in PDF form. The Greatness of the Great Commission, Christian Enterprise in a Fallen World, written by Kenneth L. Gentry, Jr., published in 1990 by the Institute for Christian Economics, Tyler, Texas, narrated by Joseph Spurgeon. Chapter 10 the state and the great commission and he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the great city the holy jerusalem descending out of heaven from god and the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light and the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor into it revelation 21:10 and verse 24 as in the previous two chapters i began by referring again to the 1981 association of reformation churches proposed addition to his confessional statement Paragraph 5 of the document reads, As a ministry of order, the mission of the state is to provide a peaceful environment in which the evangelical and cultural mandates may be carried out. Because of the sin of man, order and peace require the use of force, and thus to the state has been given the sword of justice. As the church implements Christ's work of redemption, so the state implements his work of vengeance. The terror of the sword has been given to man as the image and son of God, and thus the rule of justice must proceed in terms of the law of God revealed in the whole scripture. To the extent that the revealed law of God is not implemented, the state does not fulfill its mission and becomes a tyranny. Only through the full application of divine law can the widow, the orphan, the alien, and the poor be delivered from oppression, the family and the church be freed to perform their mission, and justice and right be established in the world. Although it was not so designed by God, the state has become the dominant institution among men today. The temptation to Eve to be like God, Genesis 3:5, has been seized by heads of government throughout human history. Civil rulers have dared to seat themselves as gods. Isaiah 14:4, 4, 12 through 21; Second 2 Thessalonians 2:3 2, through 4; and Revelation 13. With the state's monopoly of the sword, Romans 13:1 through 4. This has brought untold woe upon men. As I have shown in this book, the Christian worldview has implications, including for the state. Yet for much of this century, up until 1980, Christians have been content to sponsor retreats, well away from civil issues, except for the misguided Christian influence and prohibition. While maintaining a fundamental distinction between church and state, we still must recognize the Christian calling to affect all areas of life with the truth of Christ. The Great Commission is not without implication for civil government. 1. Concern for civil government Christians must have a concern for the function of the state as one of God's divinely ordained institutions. Christ calls us to disciple all nations, and this reference to nations involves the idea of cultures, as per our earlier discussion. Consequently, we must have a concern for the government of the nations, as an important aspect of culture. To pietistically omit concern for civil government is to truncate the implications of the Great Commission. We should note also that this retreatism would not be in accord with biblical precedent. Both Paul and Peter give express biblical principles applicable to civil government, Romans 13, through 4 First Peter 2:13 through 17. John the Baptist and Christ even rebuke civil authorities for their immoral conduct. Matthew 14:1 through 12. Mark 6:18. Luke 13:32. Scripture encourages our prayer for civil authority. Ezra 6:10. Psalm 72, 1 Jeremiah 29, 7 Two obedience to civil government. The various governmental spheres. Family. 1 Timothy 5, 8 Ephesians 5:22 through chapter 6, verse 4. Church. Hebrews 13:17, First Peter 5:1 through 5, and state First Timothy 2, 2, through 3, First Peter 2:14 are ordained by God for our good. Paul and Peter specifically oblige us to submit to civil governmental authority. Romans 13:2 through 7, First Peter 2:12 through 17. Since the Great Commission shows Christ laying claim to all authority on earth, civil government must submit to His design. As a basic and general rule, therefore. The Christian should live an orderly, Christ-exhibiting life in terms of his civil relations. First Peter 2.15 Nevertheless, the Christian at all times holds God and Christ at supreme authority and must refuse any governmental direction which would obligate his doing that which is contrary to God's revealed will. The government may not act as God. It does not possess unimpeachable authority. Only Christ has all authority to command us. Matthew 28.18 3. Exposing Evil Governmental Policies and that man is sinful, government easily lapses into sin and must be exposed for its wickedness. Unrighteousness anywhere is hated by God. In the sphere of civil government, wickedness especially has horrible and dangerous consequences. Bowing to the ultimate authority of Christ, Matthew twenty eight eighteen, and seeking actively to disciple the nations, Matthew twenty eight nineteen, the Christian will expose the works of darkness, Ephesians five eleven. He will be recognized as one at odds with certain governmental policies because of his commitment to Christ. Acts 5.21 and verse 29, chapter seventeen seven through 10 4. Involvement in civil government. In that faith must be exhibited in works, James 2.14-26, through 26. and prayer must be undergirded by labor, we should engage ourselves actively in our governmental process and not just be concerned. The call to disciple the nations involves actively and diligently setting forth the claims of Christ even before governments. The Christians should promote governmental policies rooted in God's law. One of the express purposes for God's establishment of Israel under His law was that it gives an example to the governments of the world regarding righteous law. Civil governments are to glorify God in governing their populations by founding their governments on God's law. In doing this, we should recognize the importance of local governmental offices because a. Most higher federal offices have been gained by those experienced in lower, more local governments. Thus, in the long run, Matthew 28.20, this will reap rewards. b. We have more influence on local government than on federal government. and c. It costs less, thereby encouraging stewardship. 5. Promotion of Christian distinctives in government. And that Christ has all authority we should labor in the long term for a recognition of and submission to Christ's authority, not the churches in the United States Constitution. Although any present discussion of reverent submission to Christ in governmental affairs might seem contrary to the American way, it has not always been so. The earliest colonial charters and state constitutions, even into the 1800s, were distinctly Christian covenants, fully recognizing Christ's authority on earth, Matthew 28:18). It has been through the decline of full-orbed Christian discipling program and biblical witness, Matthew 28:19) that we have ended up with a secular state. This decline is largely traceable back to the negative influence of the Great Awakening in the 1700s. Christians need to begin rethinking their understanding of governmental authority. He that ruleth over men must be just, ruling in the fear of God. 2 Samuel 23, verse 3. In the long run, due to the predestined expansion of Christ's kingdom, All kings and nations will bow to Christ, and since God normally works through means, we need to realize that the intellectual preparation should be begun now in anticipation of a cultural paradigm shift. All of this will involve registering to vote, voting, precinct work, running for office, and other such endeavors. The Great Commission has important, direct bearings on the three foundational societal institutions, the family, the church, and the state. The full-orbed character of the Great Commission demonstrates both its greatness and its practicality to life. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. Proverbs 15.3 Not just in the heart, but in all areas of life. If Christians are to preserve the very greatness of the Great Commission, they need to see its applicability to all of life. To do so will require a radical reorientation in our thinking, a biblical reorientation. We need to reclaim the Pauline spirit. Therefore I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men. For I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God which he purchased with his own blood. Acts 20, 26-28
1: The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology.